In any life, we have highs and lows, light and dark, wins and losses. What happens when we encounter that moment in time when what happens next could change everything? Join us as we step into another person's inspirational moment and see how we can connect their experience to ours. This is Greg Stevens, and you're listening to A Shot of Inspiration. Welcome back. As a reminder, this is part two of this interview. If you missed the beginning of this story, just go back and listen to our last episode. Let's get back into it. It sounded to me like you got back in touch with being grateful for her. Oh, yeah. And I guess that's why I told that little story about my silly little surgery. Is that I, that was a reminder. Like, this is an awesome wife and I am grateful. But it really hit me hard in that recliner at MD Anderson. You've, you've probably got in touch also with the times you overlooked how grateful you were. And you know what? We've talked about that a lot since. We both <laughs> shared with each other how we built up a bitterness versus an appreciation. We took each other for granted. Not anymore, though. <laughs> no, not anymore. So that was February. We scheduled the surgery for early March. Everything went wonderfully. I remember hugging the doctor when she came out to tell me they got it all out and i mean it's still a journey right it's a five-year journey she said to her oncologist at some point so i'm cancer free he's like no not until you're five years clean so praise the lord we hit that back in march of this year but so that was pretty big right then she started radiation treatments i don't know like all of april basically four days a week in april meanwhile her mom is just declining rapidly. So we're trying to, that's why I keep thinking, I don't know how she did this, how she had the strength to go through these treatments and still go check and take care of her mom. But Lori's last radiation treatment, the day she got to ring the bell was May 2nd. And Lori's mom died on May 1st. Um, And I I was there. We, Lori and I both were with her and Lori's brother, Brett. We were all there praying with her. And then you could just tell she didn't want to go. Like she didn't, Lori's mom always felt just very responsible. Like I got to take care of everybody. And we just sort of, I don't know, we were at peace and gave her the encouragement that, you know, it's time to let go, you know. Anyway, we ended up, we had so much, it was super sad, obviously. Her mom was nearly 93, had just lived this wonderful full life, and she had been suffering. So we felt at peace that it was just, it was her time. And it, it coinciding with the end of Lori's treatment just had an, I, don't, I can't, again, the words escape me. Saying it was special seems twisted. Right. It was meaningful, right? It was had this spiritual significance. So as we went to celebrate Lori uh, finishing her treatment, we we got to just be alone at this little patio restaurant celebrating, but also honoring Lori's mom. So anyway, that was like go from breast cancer diagnosis to Lori's mom, who we were both very close to, but especially Lori. That was May. And then in June, our oldest son, who had already been out of the house and graduated college, but 
he had been living in Dallas and now he was moving to California. Like, oh, there he goes. You know, like, we'll never see him again. And then everything seems like, okay, Mitchell's moved in. Lori's feeling better. And it's summertime in Houston. And we are really starting to spend lots of quality time together. I, I, I surprised myself by becoming a good caregiver. And I think she was even more surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> you know, right? Like, who would ever entrust me? Um, but anyway, I remember we had a, we're, a big storm was heading toward Houston called Hurricane Harvey. And we were stubborn about it because we, we lived in, we still live in the same neighborhood that had been flooded before, but we had never been flooded. Like we live in the back of the neighborhood, sort of a raised lot. We're like, it's going to be fine. Right. And we are actually walking together. That's one thing we, I'm going to just throw in these little nuggets, like simple things that you and your spouse can do before your nest is empty. I had a talk, I talked to one of my sales reps that was with me today at lunch, who is all into cheer. He's a cheer dad and his daughter's a, you know, now riding horses and like his, their life's so busy. They can't even celebrate Father's Day on Sunday because the daughter has a thing together. And I was like, there are just some simple little things you can do. Take walks together, take coffee breaks together, like remember who you are together, not just as parents of your kids, right? So we had we were on one of our neighborhood walks and we would use these walks to talk about trips we wanted to go on or projects we wanted to complete. And any of if you ever meet one of my wife, you'll realize she's very creative. She could have been an interior designer in another life. If I had a ton of money, she'd be a house flipper, but I'm cheap and lazy. But she's talking about the projects that we want to do on our own home. We, she really wanted to re, redo the master bathroom. That was our big project. Unbeknownst to us, <laughs> we'd get to do that pretty soon because Hurricane Harvey, but it set over Houston for a few days and 50 some inches of rain over a short period of time. And we ended up with four feet of water throughout our house. You haven't lived until you've ridden around your suburban neighborhood in a bass boat. And just literally through every street of your neighborhood, in a, and I'm not talking a little blow up rowboat, talking a real deal boat, same boat that rescued us from our house. And that, that was tough, man. That's when we were actually felt blessed and grateful that we were empty nesters. So it didn't affect our boys my dog louie wasn't too excited about it but (laughs) he was a trooper so we get i remember i remember when that happened i said how'd you fare whatever and you sent me a uh a little video and it was the houston some i don't know what station it was but they were showing in a house and then i looked really closely and i realized it was your house they were at yeah. showing yeah, that's, the flood. That's pretty bizarre to have a news crew at your house. Yeah. That usually only happens if you're a felon um, <laughs> or see exactly. a UFO, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I remember Lori woke me up that morning and said, you got to come look at this. 
And, you know, you look out the front windows like, ooh, the water's coming slowly up our lawn. So we spent the better part of the day moving stuff. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. We Let's just move stuff to higher ground. Not knowing, we still thought, eh, it's going to come up to the edges. It won't actually come in. And if it comes in, it'll just come in a little bit. Well, you know, four feet later. Thankfully, we were long gone by that time. But we that was a lot of mixed emotion moments, especially the first couple of days. Super scary getting out of there and getting kind of rescued, but rescued by close friends. God sent. Next time you see a boat pull up in your driveway, <laughs> that just doesn't happen, right? And there's friends that could have stayed home in the comfort of their dry homes, but they had been bugging me all day. You want me to come get you? Nah, we'll be fine. You sure? We'll be fine. And then it's like, please come. <laughs> so I remember for some reason, I I had my moments, but I knew I needed to stay strong for Lori's sake because Lori, that really shook her. But it really, and there were some exhausting days, but I, here's what I remember. And this goes back to that news footage you saw. So the flood happened on a Sunday. We went and stayed with friends. On Monday, we actually pretended like nothing happened. Like It's like we took a day off from reality and just spent it with our friends. And then Tuesday, we took the boat back, my buddies and I, to go walk through my house. It was still flooded, take some pictures, check on things. Came back Wednesday. At that point, there was just a couple of us in the boat and we go around my neighborhood and I go around my area of the neighborhood and I go, wait, I see grass. So the water had receded enough from my house that I could get in. This was like 10, 10 30 in the morning. And I told my friend Keith, just drop me off. And I just started by myself taking things out of the house into the driveway, running on some sort of weird adrenaline, not expecting. I didn't call anybody. I didn't even call Lori just because I just, it's like I wanted to protect her from it. And throughout the day, people just started showing up. And at some point, I counted like 20 people that came unannounced, uninvited, unpressured. They just showed up to help helping us clean up the house. And it was just this overwhelming sense of, wow. I mean, you know, think about the blessings we've had as a couple, the friends that God has given us. The, and Lori and I became like this little, I don't know, I can't, just the partnership and the faith and trust we had in each other that we were going to get through this. She, that interior designer, creative person turned into a great general contractor right <laughs> and i turned into the just tell me what i needed like i could i figured out i could do some handy things i didn't think i could do we just had this energy together and this appreciation for our friends and appreciation for us way more than our home it's just the house right, right? it didn't help that we didn't have flood insurance Wow, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that was fun. But guess what? God provided. I, mean, I can't tell this story, Greg, without telling you that 
uh, God was in the details, right? God used these calamities, this chaos as a wake up call, as a reminder of his design for marriage. And it, but it taught us a lot about each other. Like I was reminded, remember that girl that I misjudged on the first date? I, I was reminded she's strong. She's cool. She can do anything. Right. I'd have to ask her what, <laughs> what she thought of me. Right. <laughs> but we just, we did it together. And the last, I can't believe that'll be five years ago. Yeah. But that adversity, bonded. that's one of the things I've always found. Adversity can either break you or bond you. Mm-hmm. And uh, typically if you've got if you've got a good foundation, you can be bonded, but you have to be grateful for what it is. When we start to blame and attack, that's what tears it apart. Yeah. That, that being grateful. I think also that that peace allowed because all those things of pressure came on. And yeah. that's what makes a diamond. It, it really does. Yeah. It, kind of, it bears down on it, it gets rid of the other stuff, but you start to understand what's really important rather than a, other stuff that's around the world that we keep looking at. Yeah. That, um, you yeah. know, uh, you did this or you didn't do that. It's interesting how when you really get through something hard, all those petty things just go away. Oh, yeah. And they really do because you move further faster when you have that adversity. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. In fact, it's such a meaningful year for us. I can tell that story in different settings for different reasons. And to some, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, that's the worst year ever. But if you ask me or my wife, what's the most important year in your marriage? We'll both say 2017. I mean, it's part of our story. I've got it still. You haven't told the one that I loved at the end of that when Lori was going to go to the hospital or something and you ended up going to the hospital. Yeah, this is a good one. (laughs) Uh, She did have some complications. You know, that's the, it's like a the bad joke of cancer. I was like, oh, you think you got rid of me? Guess what? If I didn't get you, the medicine's going to. Uh, so there's some pretty heavy duty medicine you take that they ask you to take for years to come. I won't say the name, so we won't get any letters or calls, <laughs> but it caused some complications for Lori, caused her to be really weak and fatigued and really affected her blood count. So she, you know, we're in the middle. We're two weeks into, I wish I got pictures just to to remind me of like how gnarly it was, but you couldn't, we couldn't be more ragged out and dirty and sweaty and August, September in Houston. And we're ripping out sheetrock and drying out our house. And there's something to do every day. And about two weeks in, it was a Saturday. She had gone to get blood work on Friday. She'd gone to the grocery store on Saturday and said, I was so winded and tired that I just had to lean on the basket, but she's still there in her boots and ready, but we're taking a little break on the driveway. We have a friend there with us. His name is Craig. And he was the kind of guy like he'd just show up every day and find something to do at our house. So she's telling, she's reading an email from her doctor who's just gotten the blood test results. And he says, your blood count is dangerously low and you need to get to an emergency room as soon as possible. 
And she had to read it to me twice because the first time I'm just kind of like, we're just sort of out of it, tired, been working at the house all day. And she read it a second time. And she's like, did you hear that? I'm like, oh crap, we got to go. So I'm thinking all these plans go through your head. We're guys, right? We're kind of simple. And all we, we just go to what's our plan of action. We got to get out of here as soon as possible. And I don't want Craig to know. Like, I don't want to bother Craig with it. So I go and he, Craig's like trimming our hedges or something like, you know, our hedges were toast, but he's still trimming them. <laughs> um, and I'm like, hey, Craig, you know what? I think it's been a long enough day. It's Saturday. Go spend time with your family. We're going to, I'm going to close up. Okay, that's cool. So I go through the house, lock in doors. And the last door I need to close is the garage door. Now my cars are still in the garage, flooded and nasty. And there's no electricity, so it's dark in there. And I got to, like, shimmy in and get to the garage door and pull it down. I'm in a super hurry, right? And, you know, on your inside of your garage door, you have these little rollers, these little hinges. Those aren't very forgiving. So I, I'm too close to the door, and I pull it down, and one of those hinges grabs my eyelid. <laughs> it hurt. And Lori heard me go, ow. Uh, and I don't know about you, Greg, but when I get hurt, I don't like to answer questions. Like, I don't really feel like talking. I don't even feel like talking enough to tell you I don't want to talk to you. I just stand there in silence thinking it'll go away if I hold it long enough. So it's dark. And now I've got one hand over my eye and I go lock the garage door and I go shimmying back into the house. And Lori says, let me see, let me see. I took my hand off and she went, oh. and that didn't help because that got me like a little queasy, like, oh my gosh, is my eye falling out? <laughs> How bad is it? So she grabbed some paper towel and something like out of the cooler for a little ice. She goes and gets Craig to come help me because they want just to set me down and kind of check it out. Well, in my mind, I leaned over and just took a little nap. <laughs> Evidently, I leaned back and passed out. But what I do remember is I remember Lori beating the crap out of my shoulder and yelling, Steve, Steve. And I woke up and I was like, what? She's like, I, I just took a nap. She goes, no, you didn't. You passed out. And Craig's like, yeah, you turned great. So meanwhile, while I was passed out, they called 911. So I'm sitting in this lawn chair trying to be discreet, right? Just trying to get my wife to the emergency room without anybody knowing why, because we don't want to bother anybody. That's another thing. You guys are very private. So I understand. Yeah. yeah. So now I got two paramedics. I got an ambulance that comes into my cul-de-sac, two paramedics walking up our driveway a friend of ours who's also a contractor that's working on a neighbor's house, he's walking up the driveway. The neighbors come over, and now it's a party. And the paramedics are looking at me, looking at my eyes, asking me questions. And I'm like, I'm fine, okay? I don't need to ride in the ambulance. If you could walk me to my car so I can get my wallet and my keys, because by this time we knew we'd need Craig to give us a ride. But I hadn't told no one knew that I needed to go for Lori because I didn't want anybody else to know. So I waited till the neighbors and everybody just started talking and I 
called the paramedic over. It's like, hey, <laughs> the reason I was in such a hurry is that I need to get her to the emergency room for a blood transfusion. Where do you recommend we go that would be good at blood transfusions and stitching up my eye? And they're like, oh, Memorial Harmon Woodlands. I'm like, sweet. And they're like, you sure you don't want to ride? I go, I'm good. So we we spent the night. We had a, a date, date night at the ER and got admitted. She got admitted. I got sewn up. And they made sure that my orbital bone wasn't broken. And I refused these expensive tests because I needed every penny <laughs> I could on the house. And I hadn't met my deductible. I'm like, no, I'm good. So, But she she's admitted. I sleep in the couch next to her. It was the best night's sleep we'd had in two weeks. Uh, and I couldn't find the picture, but there's a picture of us holding hands with both of our hospital <laughs> bracelets on. And I, I don't know. We're just like... Had that happened a year before, I can't imagine what it would have been like, but we made it fun. You know? yeah. And that's just it. All of that brought you to a situation where she needs to get a blood transfusion. You've possibly almost lost your eye and you're sitting there getting a great night's sleep and yeah. really connected for the first time. And, and well, it's, it's grown to that. And that's just it. Yeah. Why I wanted to have you on was because that's a lot. Parent dying, cancer, flood, uh, all the other things that you had going on. And each time you got closer and closer because you found out who each other was again. And the focus wasn't just the kids. Yeah. I think that's the thing that people have to really look at. I mean, I never had kids, so I'm not an empty nester. I'm we're losing some, I'm losing some stepkids now, but it's yeah. a little different. That was just inspiring to me because all the things you went through, it didn't break you. It brought you together. And I, if I could add a sequel comment, you don't wish these things to happen, but guess what? None of us wish for the pandemic right. to happen. And I got to say this because this, this, we learned this together, Lori and I. I've traveled my entire marriage because I'm just traveling salesperson, traveling sales manager. I like to be out in the field. We, I started traveling about two weeks after we got married. I wasn't an absentee father, right? I went, I, went through crazy travel plans to be home as much as possible, but it was just a part of our lives that I was gone a lot. So 2020 rolls around. It was another weird, really fun year. Uh, My mom died right before the pandemic. Our dog of 15 and a half years dies right before Mother's Day. But you know what we did? We got in the car and went and spent 10 days at the beach together. Where everybody's saying shelter in place, we're like, oh yeah, we'll shelter in place, but it won't, it'll be on the beach. And we we really embraced what COVID made us do, which was to slow down. And at first I was like, oh gosh, what I don't know what it'll be like to not travel. I don't know what it'll be like to be here every day. Like, will she get sick of me? Will I get sick of her? Well, you know, will we no, we figured out like. I could stop and we could have a coffee break or take that walk or go go have lunch somewhere fun. I mean, we just read books together, have talk, Taco Tuesday night with our friend. I mean, it's like, hey, you know what? 
this is pretty cool. We're getting to spend more time together. What we never went through in 2020 was, oh, I wish the boys were here and make it so much better. I mean, the boys came to visit right. ultimately that summer. It was super fun, but, but we've, we've passed that moment of mm-hmm. our life's not complete without a full house. No, right. we can pick up and go anytime we want. We can laugh and talk across the, I, I laugh at her because whatever room she's in, she just starts talking, assuming I have radar hearing. <laughs> so I have to go find her and say, I, I can't hear you from like three rooms away and, and bricks and concrete. So can you repeat that? <laughs> but we've never spent so much time together as we have in these last couple of years. And we've loved every minute of it. She just went on a trip. I was in Denver. She came with me and she didn't want to come to Memphis. I'm not quite sure why. It's because it's a hundred degrees. And <laughs> the downtown is not, you know, if friends of ours from Memphis are listening, I'm sorry, but no, we're just, we're having a blast together. That's great. That's great. Well, man, I thank you so much because I really want people to understand that when you can embrace each other and look to each other and be grateful for the time you do have and all the blessings, I can't imagine what it's like when the kids leave, but there's also a life after that. If you can reach out to each other and sometimes if you don't process through it, you may be given circumstances that'll allow you to have that. But I remember you telling me, Steve, you wouldn't have traded it for the world, all those problems for what it gave you for your relationship. No, so no. Yeah. yeah, she wants to get a tattoo <laughs> somewhere that says it has 2017 in it. Um, I'm too That's scared. Great. Yeah. That's great. Well, love you, brother. Thanks so much love for too, being man. on. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Shot of Inspiration. If you like this or any of our other episodes, make sure you rate it and share it with a friend. This is Greg Stevens, and we look forward to being with you next time. Until then, be bold, be courageous, and respectfully speak your truth.